Ladies and gentlemen, we're here again on this lovely Thursday afternoon in the UK, a Thursday morning across the pond for Mr. Justin Clapper this afternoon. And welcome, Wrestling Travel Podcast, episode 14. We are live once again on Facebook. Of course, last week I was absent. Justin took the reins with True Heel Heat's FP3. Uh, for our podcast. But this week, Justin is back, our US representative and lockdown sessions host. And we've also got the Mad Dog, Mike Angus, back with us this week. Um, Mad Dog, we'll start with you. How are you? Uh, have you been doing recently? Yeah, not too bad at all. How are you guys? You've both been okay? I've not been too bad, my friend. Not been too bad. What about you, Justin, all the way over there in, uh, I always say sunny Wisconsin, but it, it never is sunny there, is it? It's actually sunny today, to be honest with you, but it's a little chilly this morning. So um, I'm doing good. Doing good. Got the warrior, warrior beanie. Yes, absolutely. You know, Love what are you that. rocking over there? What's what's the shirt? Is that a wrestling the shirt? Ram- Rambling Man Festival. Um, a rock festival that was in uh, Maidstone, Maidstone, Kent, in England. Uh, Blackstone Cherry headline the year I went. So uh, great, great little festival. But nice T-shirt. Get that. Very shiny. <laughs> Very beautiful. And the Mad Dog jacket's on today. It's going to be chilly here in the UK. All the leaves have fell off the trees already, you know. It's that it's time of year. <laughs> what was that? The temperature's dropped out. I can't do the reverse mirror angles here. So temperature has dropped. Yeah, it's about, what is it, 10 degrees, would you say, Danny, Celsius? Something like that. Something like that. Not too bad. Not, Not too like bad. Uh, Calgary or whatever. <laughs> you guys can handle the cold weather, I'm sure. Oh, no, I can't. We're used to it. <laughs> Danny can't. You got your slippers on, Dan. Slippers, long johns, all sorts over here. <laughs> Mad Dog, before, before we move on, would you like to uh, just show everybody what you showed me and Justin just a bit earlier? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I hope that didn't come out wrong, but your little... Your little the cookie uh, jar. The little cookie jar. This is for my, for my uh, Biscoff. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. And that's the bottom line, because the cookie jar said so. Oh, is that come off again? Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Put it down, my dog. Put it down. <laughs> He's got good eyebrows, hasn't he, JC? I, yes. He has great eyebrows as well. I, who, do we have, like, a, a tally on who's actually watching this right now? How many people? Um, Danny's in shock. It it uh, it does show me somewhere, but not entirely uh, got the numbers. Why are you, are you looking just to see if anybody? Oh, no, I'm uh, just wondering if they can like at all. If this was like the worst introduction to a podcast ever, <laughs> like the worst beginning, we're like all over the place. There's not many oh. that have featured a Stone Cold Steve Austin cookie jar, so I think it's in my top five podcasts I've ever been involved in. To be fair. Well, and that's a rare cookie jar featuring um, Manchester eyebrows is, is what I... 
<laughs> Manchester eyebrows. Fantastic. Uh, but players, let's get into the action. Earlier this week, we're going to start with the headline news that came from wrestling travel ourselves. Um, we sent out a tweet on the 5th of October. Brighten up your day with this compilation of The Rock's goat level of taking Stone Cold Steve Austin's stunners. Um, of course, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, replied, good Lord, this was an awesome time in pro wrestling electrifying crowds. And also we found out that the crazy stunner bumps that he would take um, started by him trying to make Austin laugh um, whilst doing them. I mean, what a fantastic <laughs> little story there to come out of one of our uh, our little tweets. But uh, guys, what were your... You know what, what? What did you think of the rock sell of Stone Cold Stunners over the years? Oh, epic! Some absolute crackers. That one where he's standing upside down on his head and then goes into the corner—that's just something else, isn't it? It's. Uh, I love the uh, Shawn Michaels sells for uh, Hulk Hogan as well at SummerSlam that year. Oh gosh! Oh gosh! <laughs> yeah, no, a bit, uh, a bit over the top there. But what do you think of the uh, the little story that he was trying to make Stone Cold laugh? I don't think. Well, I've not really looked out for it, but I've never seen him sort of being caught out laughing any time. But I'd love to go back and watch them all again just to see if he turns around and uh, has a little smirk on his face any time. What, uh, what are your thoughts, Justin? Yeah, I think you'll find that in a lot of things. It's just uh, the boys trying to pop each other on stuff in, in front of a crowd. And, and you know what? A lot of people watching us right now or, you know, both of them, um, will think that the fact that The Rock is interacting with tweets from us is huge. Uh, yeah. Biggest movie star walk on the planet. And here we are, teeny tiny wrestling travel. Um, I know Mr. Biamonte handles a lot of our socials, as you do and I do. We all take turns. But just getting him um, to interact and I, to be able to bring him back, he, Obviously, the guy's looking at social media. He's probably got a million people tagging him stuff all day. And he sees ours, and it brings back a bright memory, and he, he comments on it. That's that's so cool for us, and it's so cool for everybody that, that follows us. And it just um, – I don't want to make this a public service announcement, but it just shows that what we are doing gets out there. And we do it for the fans, we do it to entertain the fans and the fact that we can get, you know, will we ever have the rock on the lockdown sessions? No way. But the fact that he takes 10 seconds out of his day to, to kind of tell a little story about that is super cool in my book. Yeah. No, I remember when it, uh, it came through and appeared, it was, uh, it was a surprise of course, but um, it was nice to, to get a little something from him and like you say, reminisce about uh, those fantastic times. Um, back in the uh, the Attitude Era, um, in particular, indeed. Uh, Mad Dog, in terms of The Rock, um, just um, moving forward, looking towards WrestleMania, do you think he'll be there facing Roman Reigns at all with the way those, uh, those things are leading at the moment? The way that storyline's building up, I definitely think it's got potential to happen, yeah. I think that that would be the sensible place to take that storyline after uh, Roman's took on... Uh, Jay Uso and maybe even uh, Jimmy Uso if he makes it back from injury and then uh, you know keeps going on towards WrestleMania. It makes sense to have The Rock come in and say he's the 
the real tribal chief, wouldn't it? So uh, I was lucky enough to see um, The Rock when I went to WrestleMania 28 in Miami. You know, what a, what a moment to see him face uh, John Cena there. And it was, uh, you know, epic. It's, you know, every wrestling fan's dream to go to WrestleMania. And, um, you know, to see the, the Rock beat John Cena there was, uh, that was, that was why I was there for that one in Miami, Florida. So, <laughs> and uh, Dan, I was going to say as well, I, I love it when, when wrestlers interact on social media and stuff and drop you a message or whatever. But what I really like to see as well is, um, you know, wrestlers enjoying themselves as well. And there was one clip I shared the other week that I saw, which was uh, an old Stone Cold when he was, uh, well, when he was stunning Steve Austin back in the early days. And it was a video that he'd recorded in uh, in Hooters in the States. Okay. And he says, and he, have you, you guys seen it at all? I think I've Where, he goes, it. where yeah. he goes, uh, where he goes, uh, get yourself get down, down to Hooters, Hooters, drink some chicken wings. <laughs> <laughs> and then he realizes he said drink instead instead of eat, and he starts laughing his head off. I just found that so funny, such a rare. Oh, good to see them enjoying themselves as well. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. And Justin, in terms of uh, obviously the Rock, would you like to see him face Reigns down the line? Just whilst we're on that subject. Yeah, I, I would. I know a lot of people aren't about the one-offs, and I wasn't about it. I was also at WrestleMania twenty-eight. And when The Rock came back to face Cena, uh, my whole thing was, you know, Monday morning, The Rock gets to go back to Hollywood and Cena's still there. So I wasn't all about the one-offs, but he's the biggest star in the world Yeah, uh, to come back. Don't get me wrong. I hope that he interacted with us and it wasn't like his eighth secretary or something um, on Twitter. <laughs> but I do want to say one thing. Um, and I know we, we might get to it, but with Jimmy Uso, Jay Uso, um, Roman Reigns, and we're talking about The Rock, uh, the Anawaii family is one of the greatest wrestling families ever. And I just want to say to our good friend Rikishi, our condolences this week as it was announced that he, he lost his father. So uh, I don't mean to bring the podcast down, but I do think it's important that we we send our condolences to to the family. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. And of course, we'll uh, throw some prayers from Wrestling Travel um, from all of us, of course. Um, there, um, diving into this week's action from WWE Monday Night Raw, we'll start there. We finally had a bit more of a reveal in terms of who is leading Retribution. Um, Ali was the man who, well, a lot of people speculated he was the uh, the hacker not so long back, and uh, obviously now he's come out to reveal that he's uh, obviously leading Retribution. Obviously there's going to be some sort of link there, I think, um, what will come out eventually. Um, but Justin, you briefly mentioned this to me a few days ago, just uh, obviously now Ali's in this huge spot, and Obviously, what uh, what will be coming next for him? But uh, what uh, what are your thoughts coming out of Raw with that uh, with that reveal? Well, you know how I feel about Retribution and how I've been talking about this angle that has been going on and on and on. Um, I'm actually excited for Ali to have this spot. Um, hopefully, it turns into something. You know, he can get a good singles title run out of it. But does it push? Donovan Dijak and Mia Yim 
uh, too much into the background. Um, I'm still not sold on the angle. I love to see Ali getting the push. He is a phenomenal wrestler. They all are. But are they going to change his name to like Toolbox or something? And then I'm not really going to be happy with it. I don't know. I'm trying to, you know, mud flap or skid mark or whatever they're doing. Crank shift. What did you say? Crank shift. Crank shift. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm happy to see Crank shaft. I'm, I'm happy to see Ali in a, in a bigger spot. But I'm still the whole retribution angle is just a little silly to me. Um, the what was it? Our they decided it was cheaper to sign us than it was to pay for all the damage we were doing. Come on! But it's 2020, and they may be telling the truth, and I don't even know it. So maybe your thoughts on Green Chap? Crankshaft is, uh, you know, the name to go for, I think. But um, uh, the thing, I think it's got it's got a bit more potential now. Um, and I thought the thing with the contract signing, which was last week, was uh, was really silly, to be honest. I don't think they need, they should have been, you know, outsiders. Because now as well, they've got to explain, um, with the draft coming up, how they're not going to split them up in the draft as well now. Because they're, they're not going to go in as one entity, are they? Or what? You know, it's like... They, they could have done with leaving the, you know, they could have left that till after the draft and had them either on Raw or SmackDown and said they're a group with Ali as the leader. And then then they get, you know, they want contracts and, you know, to, to say they're on that show or something. But I do think uh, that there could have been a little bit more sense and thought put into that. But um, I, I definitely like the idea of um, Ali being the hacker. And that's how he was sort of developing retribution and, you know, picking them from the files or whatever. And, uh, you know, I, hopefully that's where they'll go with that storyline, you know, and link them together and tie up them loose ends because, uh, you know, it's good to have it in canon, isn't it, and not have uh, all sorts of loose ends not tied up. And just hopefully Hornswoggle won't be under the ring directing anything. <laughs> you never know, Mad Dog. <laughs> it's happened before. <laughs> it's happened before. Indeed. Justin, did you, did you want to weigh in with something there? I, I was going to jump in, but he kind of beat me to the punch. Like, was <laughs> Crankshaft behind the Raw GM all those years ago? <laughs> you know? So that that's what I'm wondering. But I do – how do I explain it? I want some believability in my professional wrestling. Like, yes, we're all in on the, the wink, but some consistency, like you say. You know, they, they're going to draft – if they're this – rebel group but oh hey now hey we're under contract so we're all in catering and and yeah okay we'll go to smackdown we'll go to nxt we'll do whatever you say like give me some credibility like you said you should they should have saved some of this stuff or maybe they they do the draft then if they need to i, I don't even know do you see storyline wise help me out why it was important that they sign a contract i think one well, part of it is that uh it, it it, it seems to be bringing the hair business along with them as well, which I think is a good thing because they were uh, they were looking really good, the hair business, the other week when they came out to fight Retribution. And I think um, the more sort of – if the feud can put them both to an upper tier, especially we, we spoke about Bobby Lashley briefly, didn't we, the other week, how uh, we thought that he could do with like getting that main event push sort of, sort of thing uh, 
or at least up a mid card. And I think this feud could help with that, you know, if it builds them both up. But yeah, the the contract thing is the bit that baffles me. I don't know why they ever sort of put that in. You know, it di didn't need to be said. I didn't feel. No. What would be really cool, in my opinion, is that the Hurt Business, because now they went from a heel faction to they're almost a face because they're fighting retribution, is is Apollo Crews joins the the you know them and stuff like that, and we get this kind of battle. I would be. I'm going to reach out in the next week or so to to Michael Tarver, Monster Tarver, who I had on a lockdown. And I want to talk to him about if he's been watching this and how he compares that to the Nexus and everything. Because to me, this is like a little bit of Nexus 2.0. Um, I do think sometimes we, not in this case, um, at the beginning, but we rush through storylines where we could have fleshed this out a little bit. But what my problem was, it was the same thing every week. This, these guys in hoods come and attack everything, and we don't know anything from week to week. It's just the same. Uh, we're going to attack a generator that's eight miles away from the building or whatever. I was just getting sick of it. And it's the same old, same old. Like, uh, yeah, I, wrestling's got a deep history, and I know some stuff is going to be very similar, but, you know, tweak it a little bit. Make me more interested. Um, but you know what? So all these new kids watching it, they probably have no recollection of the Nexus or entities like this. So maybe that's what they bank on. One interesting thing I saw was, uh, did you see the tweet that uh, Lance Storm put out? Saying, I think it was Lance Storm who said, uh, if only I'd known, if I'd made a Molotov cocktail, I would have got a contract the week after. <laughs> I think it was Storm, yeah. 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 That did that cracked me up, that one. <laughs> But yeah, I, I personally don't get the whole contract thing. If they're if they're obviously against WWE in whatever sort of way, why should they be brand exclusive as well? Then uh, obviously originally they came out attacking pretty much everything, and now all of a sudden they just roar. It, it doesn't it doesn't quite click for me in that uh, in that sense. Um, but yeah, like you say, Mad Dog. I hope a lot of loose ends get tied up. It gets a bit more. Um, you know, that we start to understand it a bit better, it plays out a bit more so we can, uh, you know, enjoy it and say, you know, that this was a, overall a good thing, not a, a crazy thing from uh, from this time um, with the lockdown and everything there. But as we discussed just uh, within that chat there, obviously the draft is this Friday, starts on SmackDown, concludes on Raw. Um Mad Dog, I'll start with you. Do you still get, you know, excited for the draft? Is that is that something you look forward to? You, you know, not as much as I did in the past, but I think Justin brought up a good point there, which was where he mentioned Apollo Crews. I, I think Apollo Crews and um, Ricochet and them guys had fought hair business quite a few weeks on the run, and I've got a feeling that, you know, you could see some of them guys switching over onto, onto SmackDown because just because they've been caught in that sort of mid-card feud, fighting the same guys over and over again. You don't want it to get stale. And I, and I think there's big storylines waiting for people on both shows. Um, one good link-up that I've noticed the last week or two was uh, Kevin Owens and um, and The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, have been on both shows, you know, linking that storyline. And uh, KO even said, you know, I might be on SmackDown next week, you know, in which case, you know, we'll be fighting more often and stuff like that. You know, I think that sort of... I like to see some crossover with the brands as well. I think that leads to more excitement constantly. 
And, um, you know, if they can recreate, uh, there was a stage where when WCW had gone and Raw and SmackDown were two separate entities, completely separate. And then they brought in aspects of crossing over. Uh, I think it might have been sort of Survivor Series 2005 where Raw invaded SmackDown and SmackDown invaded Raw. I was at those two shows in Sheffield and, um, you know, everybody, both full rosters were on both shows. It was crazy. And uh, there's a video on my uh, on one of my old YouTubes I'll have to send you guys to see, which is uh, it's all, all everybody, the whole roster just fighting in the aisle. And then the two five-on-five teams end up in the ring. So you've got uh, Shawn Michaels with a sweet chin music and RKO. Uh, I think... Uh, Batista might have got put through a car windscreen at some point. And, uh, you know, it was just great, the interaction between them. But um, if you can recreate that again, you know, where you've got your two separate rosters with good storylines going on, but then there is some crossover as well. You know, I just think it leads to more excitement and makes both shows better. And one of my favourite things about wrestling, you know, is unpredictability and surprises. You know, I think just when stuff like that, you know, it's, it shocks you and it's like, you know, it keeps you interested, you know. So I love a bit of that sort of thing. So, yeah, I think um, the draft has potential to, you know, create more interesting storylines. But uh, especially for people who've, if they've had the same match four weeks on the run, you know, people aren't going to want to necessarily see that again. So, yeah, it gives them a, people a chance, you know, shakes things up a bit. Yeah, no, that sort of period that you mentioned there when, you know, people were turning up on the other show and it was all, you know, brawling everywhere. It was, um, like you say, at that time, they were actually sticking to their brands as well, weren't they? They were a part of that show and there wasn't any crossovers or anything at that time. But they, like you said, it, it, the excitement that it brought and the unexpected element of everything was just uh, was just fantastic. Um, Justin, what are, what are your thoughts about the draft? Are you uh, still one that... You know, he's excited about it. Have you ever been excited about it? <laughs> well, here's the thing. At the time that you guys are talking about Mad Dog, you did give us that video, I believe, and we shared it on our YouTube. We did a few we months back. Um, so remember, people were complaining that, like, what, you know, like the the quality, and it's like, man, it was probably filmed on a Nokia flip phone, you know, back in that day, whatever. <laughs> But, it was you know, filmed so on like, a camera that was the size of a house brick that I had to it, smuggle it, into record for arenas with me because you weren't allowed to take any filming devices in with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's quality footage too because I I like the retro look on it too. It makes it it makes it take something from the mid two thousand and looks like you were at a house show in the seventies or eighties. I mean, <laughs> yeah. and I mean that with all due respect. It's great, <laughs> but um, here's why I don't. Get excited for the draft. Just like the brand splits. They never stick to it. Never. That WCW, the invasion, they had to do it. They they pulled the trigger, in my opinion, a little too fast. Whereas if I, if we believe in this universe that we've got the SmackDown roster, the Raw roster, and the NXT, there's plenty of shit going on in each one of those that now when we get close to maybe a WrestleMania, now we do something. But I don't want to get formulaic and do it every WrestleMania. Do you see what I'm saying? From a fan standpoint, like, it would be cool that we keep everybody separate on their own brands. And then all of a sudden, when, when we do the crossover, it's kind of a holy crap moment. Like, we're going to see this guy versus this guy. 
So, I mean, I think maybe the draft happens, you know, every couple years to just freshen up or you do, you know, make it like a professional season too, where we have some, some trades going on if they want to do the crossover, but just the fact that a, I might show up in SmackDown. I might show up in raw, but dude, you've been drafted to this brand. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I, I'm, I, I'm on the fence here because I do like to see that, that crossover that gets exciting. But at the same time, if you're going to hold to something, let's hold to it and then make the, the payoff just bigger and have this huge blow up at like WrestleMania. And now the Monday after um, WrestleMania, that's like free agent night. Everybody's on raw. We're picking people. We're signing people. We're trading. That's not the best idea, but short notice, but that's in a nutshell why I don't get too excited for the draft because at the end of the day, they're going to take these guys wherever they need them anyway. They're just going to move them around and, and show up so it doesn't really stick. That's like that whole WCW, WWF back in 2001. If they could have had the financials and kept TNT, and they could have run that as two separate entities without letting everybody know, of course you would kind of know, that the McMahons had them both. And just keep it like it is a huge competition. That would have been awesome. It wouldn't have lasted long, I admit. But if we could have kept it going for a while, I would have loved it. And then it would have just been a huge. That would have been your mania a couple years down the line. Just freaking WCW versus WWF. Winner take all. WCW wins these matches. Then we everybody's WCW. WWF wins and it's World Wrestling Federation. That would have been cool. RTCW, whatever. But you know, do I get a little bit excited for it? Yeah, because it's gonna it's gonna <laughs> mix up some storylines, but they never hold to it. That's fair enough, JC. Um I mean, yeah, in terms of uh just going back to what you were saying there about the whole WCW thing in at the time when obviously uh um obviously the invasion and everything happened there, of course, uh you know what you suggested there would have for me, wouldn't have sounded bad. Um, and also the thing about, you were saying about after sort of WrestleMania night, everyone becomes a free agent and all of a sudden it's chaos. Um, everyone's getting signed up. I think that's a, it's something different. I think it's a cool idea. Um, but Matter, what, what sort of draft format did you prefer sort of in the past? Obviously we've had where names have been picked out of the, um, of the hat. We've had um, weekly where someone's turned up on each uh, on each uh, each brand, what else have we had? We've had it on the night where they've appeared on the screen. What what has been your sort of favourite format of how they've done it? One of my favourites was when uh, do you remember when Triple H was with Evolution and he got picked for SmackDown and he was backstage and he uh, and they said the, the first, it was Paul Heyman goes my first pick is going to be Triple H to SmackDown and Triple H had like a mouthful of water and did this like sprayed in everyone's faces backstage. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was great. But uh, yeah, I think anything that's going to shake up the storyline and put people against opponents who you want to see them facing, you know, there's there's people who are there who aren't, they're not always in the best, you know, position you think they could be. You know, I feel like um, Sheamus had like a bit of a big comeback recently, didn't he, on SmackDown? But then I watched SmackDown this week and he went over Shorty G 
in like a, a couple of minutes, you know, in what it was seen like a bit of a squash match, which I'd followed another squash match, which was just like, you know, Shorty G's got, got great potential. I saw uh, American Alpha in uh, Blackpool. Um, and, you know, they were an amazing tag team. And then, you know, well, how many years on from that are we? Five years. And he's really, he, he's gone backwards, if anything. You know, he is on SmackDown now, but he's getting squashed in a couple of minutes by Sheamus in a match that's sort of throwaway. And it just seems like a, it, Sheamus didn't have a direction in that match either. You know, where's that character going? You know, if he trades over to Raw and they let him have a go at something, you know, and just needs to be, uh, I just feel sometimes there's, there's better stories to tell with the characters you've got. You know what I mean? JC's got something to hey, point hey. out here. <laughs> two, two, two words for you. Shorty G. No, you love you know that. He you may as well. He, no, he might as well stake the claim on Crankshaft before Ali takes it. <laughs> he but might be part of retribution with Shorty G. That might be one. He I, might be the like, incel. <laughs> I would be totally a part of retribution if they cut my hair and called me Shorty G. <laughs> yeah, I just think there's there's so many guys you've got potential, like Ricochet. Uh, I saw Ricochet in Scotland um must have been about three years ago, and he was just mind-blowing. He was so, so good. And then he sort of stuttered and started on the main roster. He had a bit of a run. Then he Did he have an injury? And then he's come back. But I just feel like there's so much more potential in some of these people, and they're not letting them, you know, get to the maximum of their storylines, you know, which is what they should be driving towards for everybody. You know, they, you should want to be getting the most out of the talent you've got there. And it just seems sometimes now, they're putting out so much stuff that people are getting lost in the shuffle and they're not telling the stories that they used to tell. You know, you hear people say about the long-term storytelling that just doesn't happen as much anymore. But they've got the potential to still do it. All you have to do is start thinking in advance what you're going to do and, you know, not not rushing through shows every week. But, I mean, it's who's taking charge and who's wanting to tell the stories and, you know, who's watching. Do they want storyline, long-term storylines? I personally would rather see a storyline develop and a feud develop than just have a couple of squash matches that are leading nowhere on a show, you know? So that's just my opinion though. <laughs> no, it's, it's a fair opinion there, Mad Dog. And, uh, but yeah, you want, you want something that you want to get invested in. You don't want to just someone to come on, have a match. And then that's, uh, that's that. You do want something that you, you're going to be invested in for the, uh, the long run, but uh, a storyline that we have seen, uh, which I thought had concluded at uh, the last pay-per-view, Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton. We're going to see them now hell in a cell um, at the next pay-per-view event. Um, I mean, I don't know if you enjoyed the last ambulance match. I thought it was, for me, I, I quite enjoyed it with all the uh, the guys getting involved yeah. in the action that, uh, that, uh, that happened there. But JC, do you think... Um, Obviously, this will probably be the blow-off now to this uh, this rivalry, but, uh, I mean, Helen is Cell, I mean, them two should deliver inside there, shouldn't they? Yeah, those guys should deliver. I'm going to pause for a second and go back to what Mad Dog was saying about Ricochet. If you remember WrestleMania time in New York City, another guy right now who is just buried and not really, in my opinion, I know he's been on the Owen show, but... That tag team of Ricochet and Aleister Black. Now, I know WWE has this history of busting up tag teams, but that was such, to me, that was one of the coolest misfit tag teams that I'd seen in a long time, and I really was hoping 
that their their two styles are so different that I was really hoping that they would win the belts either in NXT or on the main roster. But uh, back to Orton and normally in a normal year, guys, I would be really sick of Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton. But is it because it's 2020 and they're hoping to get uh, – because Drew deserves to have this belt in front of a sold-out stadium in front of the fans and get some recognition. Is that why why we keep doing this? And I know the rumor was that, you know, Vince asked Randy to, you know, take care and start putting over guys, but – it almost – I understand why they're extending it, in in my opinion. They could be doing it for n- no other reason than just, hey, we this is what we got to do. But eventually, I think it weakens Orton if he doesn't just take this belt. But will they deliver in a hell of a cell? Oh, yeah. It's going to be a good match. That's one of those ones where you throw out the title, throw out the record, and these two are going to give us one – Pardon the pun. Hell of a match. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Mad Dog, what are your oh, thoughts? Yeah, I always uh, enjoy Hell in a Cell. Um, I was just saying to you guys before, wasn't I? Um, WrestleMania 28, when the Hell in a Cell's coming down, you can see me ringside just shaking it like the Ultimate Warrior. You know, so uh, love a good Hell in a Cell. Um, through history, they've been some of the best matches, best endings to feuds, and obviously, uh, you know, you've got Kane's debut, you've got the uh, the Mankind Undertaker Hell in a Cell, uh, Undertaker Brock Lesnar. There's been just so so many classic Hell in a Cells, and uh, you know, we're having a pay per view and having Hell in a Cells every year. I feel like they've been diluted a little bit, but with um, Orton and uh, Drew McIntyre in there, you know, they will literally raise the roof, and I think it they'll have a cracking match. And I thought um, Orton's promo to start Raw this week was very well articulated and was, you know, showed why he is literally one of the best in the business. Um, you know, the way he delivered that and told that story, that that is, you know, great. I know you're saying they didn't do much good storytelling anymore, but that was, you know, pers- personally very good piece of work. And, uh, you know, the, the we're having the little cameos thrown back as well. I thought that was great, you know, with uh, Sean, Christian and Rick there, you know, um, it's it's great to see some nostalgia in wrestling as well because you know it's it's good to have the history elements so people can look back and sort of see, you know, I, I'm sort of in that stage where I grew up where you know eight, I I watched back all the '80s stuff and you know grew through the '90s so I watched everything in the '90s, you know, so I, I'm sort of in a quite privileged position that I can sort of see all, you know, what I think some of the best bits you know happening right in front of me. So it's great to see some throwbacks to that. So my kids today. Uh, can look back and see and be like, you know, who was that guy? Who was this guy? And, uh, you know, w- one important part of that this week, I, I know we're showing off topic slightly here, but was uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine showing up on AEW this week? I just thought, you know, that's that's awesome, a little throwback there. There'll be, there'll be kids watching that who have no idea who Greg the Hammer Valentine is. And if even one of them Googles, you know, that dog collar match, you know, you've got a fan for life there, you know, when they've watched that. So it's like, you know, I just think that's a, a great way, a bit of nostalgia to get people interested and invested. And, um, you know, I think everybody should look back at it. Anyone who's a real fan should look back and, you know, know at least some of the history of, of wrestling and, you know, be a fan of it. So, yeah, I think um, coming back to the uh, point rounding off this absolute uh, tangent that I've made for myself, um, Orton, 
and uh, McIntyre, Hell in a Cell. It's going to be brutal, and in there, uh, you know, they should definitely deliver. But let me ask the question right now to you two guys. Now, just just throw away expertise, but just as a fan, this Orton McIntyre storyline, and I know we're in 2020, but do you feel like this is going on a bit long? Do you feel like it weakens Orton at all, especially with him taking that clean loss to Keith Lee in the middle of all this? Just, just a question. I'm not judging anybody, but I'm just curious to see if my opinion sucks or not. No, I don't think so. I think... Um... I think he's sort of his status. I've watched him for his whole career. You know, I saw him on his first tour over in England when he first came over, when he had the uh, like the blue and yellow shorts. Uh, the whole thing where he went through with his arm injury, you know, when he was uh, doing the Orton updates backstage and all that sort of thing. I've seen him all the way through Evolution and uh, and then you know continu- continuing as the Viper, setting up Legacy, all that sort of thing. He has, you know, he's he's been there for a good few years now. You know, it's probably I always say it was only the other day that I was at university, but that was like 15, 16 years ago now, and that's when he was first starting out. So, you know, he's he's getting on for like a twenty year career, Randy Orton. So I think um, I, I don't think putting um, putting these guys over now is hurting him in any way at all because he he literally is like. A, a legendary character and you, you see from that promo on raw this week he can just recover straight away and you know that loss is completely forgotten you know two weeks later and then you know the, it, it, it's in the history books but at the end of the day he's still got so much more to write i think randy orton that it's uh you know he could potentially get on as being one of the greatest in the end, end of days like but um so i think yeah i, I don't think it's gonna hurt him that much i think they do have to draw it out the feud uh, and I could even see it getting drawn out further because it, it does seem to make sense for Drew to drop the belt to Orton at some point in the next couple of months and then have Drew fighting back for it when they've got a crowd, you know, to get that pop he deserves. And I could see that potentially happening. And, it, you know, uh, that could be a big payoff at the end of it, you know, to have him lose the belt and everyone be like, what? We didn't even get to see him, you know get his big moments in front of the crowds or whatever and, you know, just be gutted for him. And who better to, to, to take that moment from him than Randy Orton? You know, carry that belt for a bit, get his, what is it, his 15th, 16th championship opportunity and then, uh, you know, and then have it on the main stage where, you know, Drew comes back with a crowd and, you know, the crowd response for him should be absolutely massive because, you know, he's he's literally done so much this year, you know, with no crowd. And, you know, just took himself to that next level. So, uh, yeah, I, I could see it making sense to have the feud carrying on. But, uh, yeah, I think um, Randy Orton versus uh, Drew, you know, it's not upsetting me too much seeing him having week-in, week-out matches, to be honest. Yeah, no, you yeah. um to go with Mad Dog's point there, I think, like we say, you know, he's, he's established enough now that a, a sort of a defeat doesn't really hurt him at this stage for Randy Orton, I don't personally think. Um, but in terms of the feud, because um, I was thinking, you know, does Drew carry this title for, a, you know, until crowds come back? But obviously if Randy was to win that, he wins it back in front of a crowd. I think that would be a, a pretty cool way to go. So I, I can certainly see it going a bit extra, um, an extra few months there, maybe... A little break in between the re uh, rejigger later down the line, but I did read 
something yesterday, just while you were talking about the crowds there, Mad Dog. I think it was from, it was Gary Cassidy inside the ropes now. I think he uh, um, did a report that Drew was supposed to face Tyson Fury um, at a UK pay-per-view. Um, obviously, COVID stopped that from happening, but that was the uh, the initial plan. But you can certainly see that they do want Drew to have um, a big moment in front of, you know, in front of, you know, the UK fans at some stage. Um, so, yeah, and I think, like you say there, the best way to get that best reaction would be for him to go into the match winning the title back rather than going in as the champion and winning um, in that sense. So, yeah, I can certainly see... Um, yeah, I can certainly see that continuing, like you say there, Matt. Though. What, what do you think, Justin, now? Do you think... Uh, any differently after after our discussion? Oh, I think Mad Dog's on to something huge. Yeah. Get him fighting and trying to win that title in front of a crowd. But yeah, I, I do think that title needs to switch hands. Not any disrespect to Drew, but just the way, you know, we're being robbed of Drew McIntyre defending his title against uh, many other contenders or other feuds. You know, we get drawn in here. But yeah, if they could build it up, we call we. We get on the line and we call Martin Goldsmith and we say, hey, the borders are open, pal. If Miami can have crowds of 65,000 plus, let's get 80,000 into Wembley and let's do it again. SummerSlam next year. You know, a Martin Goldsmith production where another United Kingdom product wins a title. It'll be history making. Book it right now. Get it. Wrestling Travel presents. (laughs) Yeah, no, that would be great. In all seriousness, that that's a cool storyline I can get behind. But otherwise, I'm just, you know, I think yeah, maybe the retrib- the <laughs> retribution. <laughs> you know, and obviously, I don't think that this is tarnishing Randy's legacy, pun intended. Um, but the fact that um, you know, right now in this moment. You know, we lose this match, we lose this match, we lose. Then we lose to Keith Lee. Then we, you know, and it's like, and to me, it's it's not a disrespect to Randy that I'd say that. It's a respect thing where I'm like, man, this dude's one of the all-time greats. And I know it's a great service to help put people over and help give them the rub, but you're the Viper, man. Let's go. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, but moving on to the next topic that we've got now, and this one, Mad Dog, um, might be able to give us a bit more insight into uh, into this one. WWE announced some new recruits um, last night, including guys such as Joe Gacy, Anthony Green, who have featured on the lockdown sessions. But Mad Dog has been with them at an event for TNT Extreme Wrestling. Um, tell us, tell us a bit more, Mad Dog, about Joe Gacy and, and Anthony Green. What do you think uh, um, their potential is? In obviously, I'm assuming going on to NXT and then WWE in the future. Yeah, you know what? It was an absolute honour to host them when they came over for um, to Liverpool for TNT earlier on in the year. It was for Project X, so we had um, Austin Aries over, and we had um, DJ and also uh, Joe Gacy and Anthony Green over. So, um, yeah, the night before the show, we showed them around Liverpool a little bit, uh, went to Crazy Pedro's for some pizzas and stuff and had a little catch up with them. And it was uh, it was great to chat to them briefly then. And then at the show the next day, um, they weren't scheduled to to wrestle on on TNT, 
But as it was, um, a couple of guys hadn't been able to make it. And the guys, you know, said, listen, we're here. Let us let us perform for the fans, you know. And uh, and you know what? It was um, I'd seen bits, clips of them, bits and bobs of them before, but I hadn't seen much. And I was lucky enough, obviously, to ring announce for them. And, uh, you know, Joe Gacy, excellent match against uh, Big Guns Joe. You know, a, you know, a big star in the UK. Love Big Guns Joe. And uh, they had a, a great match, uh, you know, heavyweight clash. And um, But I'll tell you what, Anthony Green, Retro AG, absolutely stood out for me because, um, you know, he, he came out to uh, to a cracking theme music, Heaven is a Place on Earth, and with his, you know, his retro gimmick. And uh, he had like the Zuba, Zuba's pants on and the, uh, you know, all the retro gear, the Ribera jacket. And, uh, and you know, just um, the, just sort of the, the pop he got when he got in the ring was was pretty epic. And then just the match he had was, a, was an absolute textbook classic. Everything he was doing looked so smooth and crisp, very technically sound. And uh, he just absolutely looked the part of a professional wrestler, you know, when someone just exudes that confidence. And I just saw him, I just thought, whoa, that guy is absolute star, you know. And then, uh, obviously, they headed off to Germany the next day. Um, the show finished at about 10 o'clock, um, and then their flight was 3 o'clock in the morning um, for, for all the guys, Ace Austin and um, and the other lads all headed off to Germany. Or back, I think someone was going back to America as well, so it was uh, they were all over the show. So, um, yes, we managed to get them back off to the airport safely and everything, but absolutely honoured to work with them. Was very impressed with them, and then uh, you know, great news that they've been signed by WWE and at the Performance Center now. And uh, just best of luck to them, you know. And I'm sure JC will be able to throw something because I'm pretty sure you will have seen both of them before more locally to you, have you, um, JC? Well, I had them both on the lockdown sessions, which was which is awesome uh, to have both of them on. Uh, great guys, I'm happy for them. I wish them nothing but the best of luck, but. Uh, Kurt Stallion is another lockdown session alumni who I spoke with uh, just prior to the Independent Wrestling Expo. Um, speaking right around that time, um, obviously they knew stuff was happening and they weren't going to tell me, but Garrison Creed on that show says, hey, you might have got the last independent interview uh, with Kurt Stallion prior. And last night um, I was on the phone with Rico De La Vega uh, former Ring of Honor guy, great dude, good friend of the show. Um, and I had said, and I guess I made myself look silly, that prior to that independent wrestling expo, Kurt Stallion was not on my radar. And we were on the phone, but I imagine he looked at me like I was crazy. But he asked me, really? You hadn't heard of him? And I'm like, no. I, and I'm not, I'm a guy that's like, listen, I'm not going to, not going to pretend I did just so I, you know, I'll look a fool on my own. And I did. And uh, Kurt Stallion, if you get a chance to watch the lockdown, it's one of my favorite ones. He's just, uh, you know, he's it's hot. There's bees and stuff. And he's like, I'm going to take my phone and walk. And um, obviously he knew stuff was going on about getting to the next level. And I'm going, oh, OK, well, here's a kid, you know, fighting and he's got a big dream. And little did I know he knew. He was going to NXT at the time we were doing that interview. So it it's cool when stuff works out like that um, for these guys that have dreams and work out. And it's really cool for an old dude like me who has gone beyond, and now I'm just doing interviews, and to be able to get three guys 
on our lockdown sessions that we would not, I can't call these guys and get an interview today. I mean, that's it. They're WWE guys. So we got them. Um, that's it. The Facebook's going now. The Twitter's going. The Facebook's going. That's it. You won't be able know, to communicate with them anymore. <laughs> I saw that. I wanted to send Joe like a weepy message like, hey, it was nice uh, being on here, but it's it's cool. We'll, we'll follow them and um, their career. And then hopefully, you know, the next time we're at a WrestleMania or an NXT takeover, um, we get a chance to to say hi to the guys and they remember us, us little folks who were there on the, on the way up. <laughs> but yeah, extremely happy, not just for those three, but everybody who's getting a tryout and a chance. It's really cool, especially this year where things have been, you know, you never knew, can they even bring people up? They were cutting people left, right, and center, but now they, they had a, a really good class coming in. Yep, certainly looking forward to seeing how those guys and gals get on um, with their time in WWE. Um, but speaking of someone who's been in wrestling now for 30 years, last night we were celebrating 30 years of Chris Jericho um, on AEW. Justin, I'll start with you first on this one. Um, I can't believe it's been that long, to be honest. What's, uh, what are your thoughts? Man, he's been doing it at such a great level for obviously uh, 30 years. I first discovered him, like every, most everybody, in WCW. I hadn't even paid attention to, to you know, then you go back and watch some of the stuff he's done in, in the other countries. But he was so entertaining. And if you, if you read his books or hear him talk about how he was a little bit handcuffed during that time at WCW, um, he's been doing it at a high level for a very long time. And I have been very critical lately of the fact that we've got a, a, a guy who, who's still got gas left in the tank who's, who's not in that world title picture. I think he dropped, in my opinion, I think he dropped the belt to Moxley a little bit early. But who's the stupid idiot now? Look at the ratings. You know what? So what the hell do I know? But it was great to see the celebration. I love the credit roll at the end of the night. <laughs> the guy that does it all. But man, Jericho was on camera four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and you know, not, not just in wrestling, but you know, he, over here he's been on VH1. Um, I know in his book I read he was second in line to host America's Funniest Videos. He's got Fozzie. He's got a freaking amazing, unlike us, an amazing podcast. That was a little self-deprecating. We have an amazing podcast, too. That's the last I mean, time you've been on this. <laughs> I'm going to be fired. No, he's, he You're does so many, so many things at such a high level. And if you listen to his podcast... He's not just talking wrestling. He's got like the paranormal. He's got the rock stars. He's got the actors. Um, he's great. Uh, I can't say enough about him. I know I, uh, I, I sounded like I was going to go one direction, but um, not the band one direction, but you thought I was going to go negative on him. But um, man, he's freaking awesome. He, the best guy ever. 
That was a little One Direction humor stuck back in there. But on to you guys. <laughs> you can... <laughs> I was going to say I was uh, I was lucky enough to see Chris Jericho. Um, one of the earliest shows I went to was uh, Insurrection, uh, two thousand and three in Newcastle, England. And uh, if anyone's got the WWE Network or or the DVD of that show, which I own, uh, go back and check out the promo that he does. Uh, Chris Jericho's highlight reel with Eric Bischoff and Stone Cold Steve Austin as his two guests, because that is just one of the funniest moments in wrestling. And I was lucky enough to be there live uh, with Austin Bischoff and Jericho just on absolute top form in Newcastle. Just and we were saying about them having a laugh with themselves. There's some absolute ridiculous one-liners in that that segment, and it's just honestly check it out and come back to me and let me know what you think because it's so funny. At one point, Jericho um, asks the crowd, "Do you want to see Chris Jericho drink a beer with Stone Cold Steve Austin?" The crowd, that way. And he goes, if you want to see it, give me a do I diddy diddy dum diddy do. And the whole crowd just went, do I diddy diddy dum diddy do. And you can see Austin just absolutely, he, you know, he's, he's cracking up. And Austin's like, I never thought I'd hear that, but there we go. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just some great moments to see. And, you know, he, as you said, he is, you know, multimedia. He's, he's great. Um, you know, his band, brilliant. My a couple of my mates are big rock fans and have been to see him quite a few times. I think I've seen I've seen them at download once and uh, and then I, I've met him a couple of times and we looked after him in Liverpool last year and he's a great guy, great to talk to, uh, you know, very friendly and uh, and really good banter. And, you know, he was having a few drinks, he was telling us stories about Paul McCartney and stuff, you know, and um that that's what you want. You know, these people who you, you know, you do look up to them as um you know, the wrestling superstars and you're, you're a fan of them. And then to meet them in real life, if you're lucky enough to and find that they're decent people and a, a good laugh and sound as well. That's just, you know, that's that's what you want from all of them, isn't it? So it's like, um, you know, it's just it's great for me. And, um, you know, the celebration was brilliant. Uh, you know, Steel Panther sent one in and, uh, you know, uh, Lance Storm was involved as well, wasn't he? And then Ultimo Dragon. And, uh, you know, the really interesting one that's got a lot of people talking today, obviously, was the Tanahashi sent him a, uh, sent him a message from New Japan. So, uh, you know, there's been all sorts of uh, talk about that today. I know uh, Luke, Luke Owen and Ollie Davis from uh, from WrestleTalk had a bit of a chat earlier this afternoon, I noticed. And, um, you know, they were very excited about, you know, New Japan invading AEW, I think, was their, uh, was their quote. So we'll have to see whether that goes anywhere, but it does seem to be, uh, you know, a subtle hint that that could be something on the horizon, which would be very interesting for any wrestling fans around the world. So, Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I mean, there has been that talk that the, there is potentially some sort of partnership that may happen in the future. Um, or uh, obviously, even now, we don't know what's going on. But uh, hopefully uh, something will come of that. Indeed. But I mean, just on Chris Jericho, I mean, what a what a great performer he's been over the years. The man who just reinvents himself again and again and again. Um, and he's still performing at a very, very high level um, as well. It's uh, it's fantastic uh, to see him indeed. And hopefully we'll have another 10 more years of Chris Jericho um, so we can enjoy him uh, um, in the future. But um, another piece of news which... I don't know if any of you saw that I came across a bit earlier today, 
was a retirement in pro wrestling from jazz, um, which um, I, I, th I believe has, has jazz been on NWA recently, Justin. Have I got that right? I think she did. I think she was on there for a, a cup of coffee in the fall. I might be wrong, but when you say that now, it does ring a bell. It sort of rang a bell with me, but yeah, I saw this before uh, retiring from pro wrestling. Um, obviously, it's always sad when we do see somebody uh, obviously hang up their boots. Um, but Matt, Dogger, have you ever interacted with jazz or come across jazz before in your uh, in your time? Yeah, I seem to remember, uh, I think Rebellion 2002, I seem to remember Jazz and Rodney Mack were involved there and yeah. uh, the show, or definitely in that storyline at that time with Teddy Long was involved somehow as well, player. And um, yeah, oh, wow. I think, um, yeah, I'm de I've definitely seen Jazz perform numerous times, but um, I, I think I saw on Twitter was uh, Shelton Benjamin's tribute to Jazz, which I thought was lovely. That was, uh, you know, a really well-written piece. And, uh, you know, it's, it's it, you know, it's a shame, but obviously wrestling takes its toll on the on the body doesn't it and you know she's been wrestling for uh i, I believe she'd had a bit, quite a long run before she even arrived in wwe jazz um was she not in was she in ecw at, one, at some yeah. stage towards yeah. the end of ecw as well and uh yeah so i think um you know time takes its toll and i'm sure she'll have a place in the business somewhere as well still you know as an agent or so you know the in, there's so much stuff available on the independence now i'm sure um somebody who's been around the business that long and is so wise and, you know, she'd be able to train people and stuff. So I'm sure uh, it'll be a retirement, but no one ever really leaves wrestling, do they? <laughs> no, look at Justin. He, he's coming out of retirement in a few weeks, I believe. You having a match, Justin? Yeah, November 14th. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. How have I not heard about this? Uh, well, because I put out a promo and uh, Tiny Love is too scared to respond to me, so maybe it's not happening after all. But all right, Governor Ebers, Ebers here in Wisconsin has just put um, – th this is – we'll go into a bit serious topic right here. He has put in, um, in place now indoor venues at no more than like 25%, which – the the show on November fourteenth, no matter how I feel about my potential opponent, is a benefit show for a family for a courageous six year old boy who lost his fight against cancer. So bringing in ECW original and current Impact star Rhino, uh, current Ring of Honor freaking standout and friend of the lockdown sessions Beer City Bruiser, um, all an attempt to. Uh, benefit this young man's uh, family and now this is where coronavirus you know I don't want to get too political because obviously we don't want people to get sick or hurt anymore but this is definitely going to hurt uh, the attendance and it might actually hurt the show but um, yeah back to jazz every independent female wrestler that I've ever spoken to and the, and the name jazz comes up she is on the top of their list as somebody they would want to get in the ring with. So she has so much respect within the business and locker rooms that I hope that we get some crowds back and she's able to, to kind of go out the way she should maybe in one more match. So, or like you guys said, she's definitely so well respected that she will get on and maybe some type of agent career if she wishes 
Um, of course, she can make uh, a lot of money just doing appearances and signings and stuff too. So wish her nothing but the best. Yeah, we all do, of course, from wrestling travel. And who knows, we might uh, might see her on a lockdown session in the future um, to discuss her, uh, her wonderful career. Indeed. Um, moving on to this weekend, GCW present the collective um, 12 shows in total wrestling travel. Of course, proud sponsors of the collective. We were due to be a part of it. Um, in Tampa for WrestleMania 36, but of course that didn't happen. We are now going to be a part of the events from October 9th to October the 11th, which you can see every single event on Fight TV. Just quickly run through that schedule. So on Friday, there's Jimmy Lloyd's D-Generation F, Southern Underground Pro, Absolute Intense Wrestling and then for the culture wraps off Friday, Saturday, Effie's Big Gay Brunch, Glory Pro Wrestling, Joey Janela's Spring Break 4, and then we've got Freelance Underground wrapping off Saturday, and then Sunday, Black Label Pro, Shimmer, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport, John Moxley uh, on that one, of course, and then Paradigm Pro Wrestling wrap off the collective weekend all events on fight tv of course sponsored by wrestling travel what a weekend that's going to be there so many stars appearing mad dog will you be uh you'll be looking out for the collective there this weekend definitely yeah i've seen it um advertised a lot on twitter you know i'd seen the john moxley match and obviously uh i think i'd seen some mention of quite a few of the guys who've been over um from the states uh wrestling on tnt i think uh jimmy lloyd and ricky shane page are both involved at some point and uh Jordan Oliver as well has worked with us. Um, Ace Austin, a few few of them guys. Um, so I know a couple of them are going to be involved. So yeah, I'm, I'll uh, check out Fight TV and have a little look at that. I um, uh, I think I've spoke to Fight TV a couple of times. I've been on a few interviews and stuff on there. So um, I know uh, SoCal Val did quite a lot of work with them over here for uh, especially for like Comic Con and for the love of wrestling. Um, they were involved in filming all that and everything. So yeah, um, look forward to seeing it. I'll definitely check it out. I'm sure uh, Justin's got some updates on friends of Israel working in that. So let us know what to look out for, just what, what the matches to be checking out this weekend. Well, for the man who operates locations worldwide and has shown up recently um, at the Independent Wrestling Expo and just a couple weeks ago won a, a battle royal at Warrior Wrestling, I have it on good knowledge that Garrison Creed, the mercenary, is making his way to Indianapolis as we speak. Where does he show up? I don't know. I also know um, former lockdown um, session guest, um, the outlaw Zach Hendricks will be making his way um, as well as TW3. But the match that I'm really looking forward to because I'm an old, old man is Ricky Morton versus one of the nicest dudes I've ever met. And the guy I have so much more re in fact, I had to tweet that I'm sorry I slept on this guy and didn't give him his proper dues. But Ricky Morton versus the bad boy Joey Janela. I'm actually really looking forward to that match because I've got so much respect for Ricky Morton for everything he's done for the years. And just recently, since August 7th, watching him against Jake something, then watching him 
in September against Warhorse, and then finally um, in a street fight against Robert Ego Anthony and Frank the Clown, Joey Janela. I mean, freaking awesome. And I talked to Joey Janela. Wasn't about a month ago, Danny, when you were live blogging. Joey Janela was one of the first guys. I said, hey, we're live blogging over in the UK. Can you talk about the match? Not a problem. Let me talk about it. What else do you need? What could, a, a, a real professional. So really looking forward to that. I hope the collective is a is a big success. But the coolest thing is I don't know all the matches. So that's going to be the fun part for all of us. There's too much. I don't. I mean, I'm sure there's guys out there that know everything of uh, wrestling fans that I know every match that's happening everywhere on this whole collective. But with with what eleven or twelve events going on, I'm not even going to try. I'm going to try to sit back, maybe have some popcorn and just enjoy it. Popcorn. Wow. Popcorn, <laughs> crikey. Yeah. Popcorn. Uh, so, with us being the main sponsor, of course, we will be uh, featured throughout those events. If you are watching um, the collective events, make sure you look out for our wrestling travel um, banners and also advertisements on there. Um, in other news from Impact Wrestling announced this week, they've got a new UK TV deal uh, with Premier Sports or also Free Sports as well. So, Impact will be airing, I believe, 24 hours after it is aired in the U.S. now moving forward. Um, and also Bound for Glory will be shown live in the U.K. on uh, on Premier Sports. Um, I think Bound for Glory is in two weeks' time on the 24th of October. Um, and already announced for that event, Impact World title, Eric Young versus Rich Swan. Um, and also, I believe we've got Diana Perrazzo versus Kylie Ray uh, for the Impact Women's title as well. Um, Justin, I'll come to you first. Impact Wrestling, we spoke about them a while back when, obviously, they were doing all the teasing of the new stars that were appearing on the show. Um, we were talking, obviously, will they be able to keep that momentum up moving forward? I think, personally, they are going from strength to strength. What, what, what are your thoughts? Well, since we sponsored last year's Bond for Glory, uh, being live at that event in Chicago had been the first time I had seen Impact in quite a long time because um, it's well documented that they've gone from TV network to TV network, not available everywhere. Certainly at that time, they weren't available by me. Um, but trying to conduct business there was very difficult because I couldn't stop watching the action going on. Uh, they've got great stars. I don't know how the TV works over in the UK. Hopefully you guys will be able to to catch this on a, a free or, or a, a better available network. But if you're a fan and you have thought, oh, TNA, I don't like it, Dixie Carter, give it a shot. It is awesome. And they are featuring some of the, the greatest stars. The North, one of my favorite tag teams of all time. Kylie Ray, who we see all the time at Warrior Wrestling, is fantastic. And how about new Warrior Wrestling champion Trey Miguel and his partner Zachary Wentz and Desmond Xavier, the Rascals? Uh, they're awesome. You, If you haven't got a chance to see the Rascals uh, perform, you are in for a treat. Obviously, Eric Young is there, the Good Brothers. Um, they got a great roster. Tennille Dashwood, Jordan Grace, 
Um, it, it's outstanding. So, I mean, I don't really think you can go wrong. Give them a chance, especially over there in the UK. If you're a fan and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm a WWE guy, I'm an AEW guy. Guess what? I'm a pro wrestling guy. Watch Impact Wrestling. You're not going to be disappointed. Mad Dog, have you caught much of Impact recently? Yeah, I tend to I tend to watch the highlights every week to see what's going on. And uh, I was a big fan of uh, TNA and Impact as it first came through. Me and my friends would go to every show that came to the UK. They did the uh, Maximum Impact tour every year over here. And, you know, it was AJ Styles, Samoa Joe. And then it went through the stage where they had Christian, Kurt Angle, Booker T, Rhino, you know, loads of... Uh, ex-WWE guys. We saw Hogan and Sting on one of the shows there. It's the only time I've seen Hogan live was at a uh, Impact show in Manchester where it was snowing outside horrifically and we'd had to drive from the world to Manchester, which isn't really that bad a drive when it's normal weather, but when it's snowing, it took us about three hours to get to Manchester that night to see the show. And, uh, you know, it was great to see Hogan and everything. And then it took us about six hours to drive home. Had to drive about two miles an hour on the motorway because it was thick with snow. But, um, yeah, I'm glad to see Impact having a resurgence. I absolutely loved the uh, the Heath, um, Heath with no surname um, doing his little promo the other week, you know, trying to get on the show. thought that was excellent business. That is just hilarious. And, uh, you know, it's nice to see that there's, there's so much talent about uh, wrestling wise all over the, the we can have so many different shows going on and and you know su such great stars um wrestling travel hosted the uh wrestlemedia con in manchester the other year which had the rare uh, that was the my most recent sort of catch up with them live uh where rich swan was performing and a few of the uk guys were lucky enough to wrestle on that show lana Austin um had a had a big match on that and also um adam maxted so um it's you know it was great to see them guys then. It's great to see uh, TNA Impact on the, uh, you know, on the rise again and doing making big moves by the looks of things. And, uh, you know, I'll definitely keep checking it out each week, watching the uh, highlights. And if it's uh, going to be on normal TV at a reasonable hour or uh, or even if it's at a mad time in the middle of the night, I'll try and try and catch it at some point, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I think it's airing 10 p.m. on the Wednesday night, Mad Dog. So not too bad of a time. Um, to uh, to watch it each and every week, um, indeed. There, but yeah, making great strides indeed. Impact, fantastic roster, uh, new TV deals in place, and also Major League Wrestling (MLW). They've announced um, some new TV deals this week as well in the US and also in the UK. Also um, announcing signings such as Kevin Q to their roster. Um, Justin, in terms of MLW, what is your? You can get them on YouTube at the minute. Is that is that correct? Is that you, you catch them on YouTube? Yeah, so that's mainly the way I watch them. YouTube, and I know now with some some different deals going on, uh, it's fantastic. But if if you're you're missing out on one of the greatest independent organizations, uh, I I know I sound like a broken record because there's not really any wrestling that I'm not really a big fan of. But when you're talking about Ross and Marshall von Eric. Alex Hammerstone, um, and we at Wrestling Travel sort of like their backstage interviewer. We think she's pretty cool. The interview queen Alicia Atute is there. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for the restart. What I mean, really excited for it. And if you're a pure a wrestling purist, um, not, not to go over to the Ring of Honor pure tournament, but 
pure storyline and and believable, incredible stuff. Um, MLW is a place where you got to check it out. Yeah, no, fantastic. But one thing, just obviously, whilst we're just going through this, like Impact New TV deal, MLW, all these things happening, considering what's been going on in the world this year, wrestling globally seems to be in a pretty solid place, Mad Dog. What, what would you think? Yeah, no, I'm proud of it. It's still fighting on. I think, uh, you know, Vince and WWE leading the charge still battling on with them shows with the no crowds and it's you know having the Thunderdome is as you know let it on leaps and bounds you know it's such much more watchable now and uh you know AEW MLW all the promotions over in the states who are still able to run at the moment have been putting on great exciting shows with you know brilliant talents it's it's great to see and um the more shows there is, the more chances it gives to people. And I just can't wait till back over here in the UK. We're running uh, smoothly again. Obviously, um, TNT, we unfortunately had to cancel our most recent shows that are coming up. But we are doing, um, we're going to be filming them in studio now in, instead in the next couple of weeks. So keep your eyes peeled for that. That's going to be great. And I'm just looking back to the time when, uh, you know, looking forward, sorry, to the time when we can get back to some live shows over here and uh, have things running smoothly again, you know, because we've got so much great talent in the UK and I'm sure, uh, you know, that you know, there's big things on the horizon, I'm sure. Yeah, no, those TNT uh, shows, I believe, uh, will be scheduled to be on Powered 4 TV um, in the future. If you've not checked Powered 4 out before, uh, make sure you, uh, you do some fantastic um, content there on demand that you'll be able to see there. But yeah, an absolute shame that it wasn't, uh, obviously it was a Halloween weekend, wasn't it, that it wasn't able to uh, to go ahead. I'm guessing your uh, your costume's back in the wardrobe, is it, Mad Dog? <laughs> never, mate. All the costumes hang up in the hall constantly, just you never know what I might need. You know, uh, there's uh, there's all sorts. They've just announced today that the Ignition show is going to be the uh, little show of horrors now instead, so I don't know. I have asked the question if it's going to be fancy dress for all the matches in that one, but I, don't, I haven't had a response to that yet. We'll soon find out. But, uh, yeah, as you said, pa Powered 4 TV is the place to check that out. And uh, they've got some great content on there. The uh, Wrestling With Johnners is on there now, just Jesse, uh, John Scott. They've got a lot of the stuff from Turnbuckle TVs on there. Uh, Stu's Wrestling Podcast is on there now as well. So, um, you know, they've got so much great stuff to check out. And, obviously, they've got the uh, the whole TNT Extreme back catalogue, so all the shows that I've ring announced, and they've also got all the shows from Wrestle Island on the world, um, you know, which is just where I live. So um, all the shows I've announced there are on it as well. So there's so much great content on there, and I, I believe it's only seven ninety nine a month, you know, which is even obviously cheaper than WWE Network. So uh, um, you know, there's so much great stuff on there. It's definitely worth checking out. So uh, I've got my subscription already sorted. So <laughs> there you have, Mad Dog. I bet you have. But yeah, it's. Uh... Yeah, fantastic place for uh, for a content. And I know Justin, you've been uh, obviously um, in terms of obviously wrestling travel, Power Four TV. You've been uh, our sort of go between uh, between the two. In your your views on Power Four, you you know I've, everything I've heard from you, you sort of fantastic platform. And um, of course, we're uh, subscribed as well. What uh, what more can you can you say, JC? Um Huge connection, wrestling travel, and Powered 4 TV. I'm very happy that uh, I can publicly say this, but uh, talking with the with uh, the boys at Powered 4 TV, I have been able to connect them with some promotions here in the United States uh, that have great production values and everything. And I want to step back. When you talked about you know everything going on 
in 2020, such a year for wrestling. We never stopped pro wrestling. You know, you, we can rag on it with, I can rag on retribution. I can rag on the no fans, but the truth is it's better than nothing. All of our sports over here completely stopped. No NBA, no baseball. I mean, they couldn't even run golf for God's sakes, but wrestling kept powering through. So I can say what I want. I'm, I'm lucky, so lucky that I can sit on here and complain about storylines because it's better than complaining about having nothing at all. Um, but if you want everything and you want to catch up on some of the greatest independent action powered for TV, look at the matches they've given us some classic Brian Danielson, some classic Lance storm, um, Nikki, um, Nikki Storm, what is she called now? Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross. Who I love. She's great. She's fantastic. But we've had those as free matches. Please um, subscribe to Rep Powered 4 TV, but please tell them that Wrestling Travel and Mad Dog Mike Angus sent you. Speaking <laughs> of Stu's Wrestling Podcast, recently did an interview with Stewie John Palmer where he called out what he called the world's worst ring announcer. And he said he could beat him in a match with his hand tied behind his back. So look for that one, Mad Dog Mike Angus. Stewie <laughs> John Palmer calls you out. <laughs> he wants to do a hell in a cell. Nah, he, he had nothing but good things to say about you. I'm just trying to start shit up and get eyes on the uh, lockdown sessions. <laughs> He needs to get his. Uh, he needs to get driving. That boy. I took him some uh, some driving uh, theory books so he can get practicing for his driving test every week. Drop them off with him. So uh, hopefully he'll be on track, and then he can get himself to a few more uh, a few more wrestling shows next year. <laughs> please, please, for the love of everything holy, please take him out for a few driving lessons. Put your iPhone up in the corner of the car, and please let that be my new favorite show mad dogs driving lessons mad dog <laughs> driving school be like uh, mankind's opening uh opening intro on the titan show with that car just please please tell me we can edit that little clip of mad dog doing the mick foley <laughs> theme and have that be our opening every week for the podcast. Get the mask on. <laughs> yeah, Justin, speaking of the lockdown sessions, uh, I believe we've had some recent special guests, including Al Snow um, of Ohio Valley Wrestling recently. Would you Thank like you guys on tour. to tell everyone about the lockdown sessions? Yeah, please uh, check it out. The lockdown sessions, uh, because of the coverage of Warrior Wrestling and traveling back and forth, um, they've been few between, but now they're starting to pick up speed again. But very honored and privileged to um, to have Al Snow on. Of course, he's a legend, and he's running Ohio Valley Wrestling. I think you'll learn a lot about the the school that he runs. and And that's another thing. With doing these lockdown sessions, we were having guest after guest after guest, but now pro wrestling, which is a good thing, is really picking up, and a lot of these these guys and gals are busy. Like, I'm getting a busy signal from them, but we, we have a few um, lined up. We've got 
a new show coming out called uh, Wrestling Travel Presents The Crossover, where we may not be necessarily talking um, to a professional wrestler. We may be talking to somebody in a different celebrity world. Uh, we're filming the first one pretty shortly after this one today. I can let you guys know off screen who it is, but uh, pretty excited about that, too, to get spoiler spread out. Spoiler alert. But yeah, <laughs> um, Ohio Valley Wrestling. Um, if you can get a chance to watch them on any platform, um, Al talks to me about his wrestling school is, is actually like accredited. It's like a vocational where they're learning all about production, screenwriting and stuff like that. So it's not just a, they have stuff to fall back on the first wrestling school to do that. Of course, I was intimidated as hell to interview Al Snow because he's got, in my opinion, one of the best brains in the business. Um, but just like many people I meet, absolute professional and a sweetheart to talk to. So please, that one's up and running already. So if you haven't checked that out, please check it out. Anytime you check in a lockdown session, we would really love you to subscribe. If you could, it takes like a second. It takes like 30 seconds of your time because you need to watch at least 30 seconds of the footage. But hey, give us a thumbs up. Give us a comment. Let me know on Twitter who you'd like to see us get. Obviously, the, the guys in WWE and AEW are tough gets, but uh, let me know some of these independent wrestlers that we, then that's all about the lockdown session. I love interviewing the names, but I love even more to interview some of the people that we haven't heard of, get to know who they are, what they're doing, and then find out that uh, Joe, Anthony, and uh, Kurt are signed with NXT. That's the coolest thing for me is that we were learning about the guys and gals across the, across the world. So cheap plug. Please subscribe. Please watch. Give us a thumbs up. If you don't like it, I mean, I suppose you can give us a thumbs down. I got to be fair, but uh, constructive criticism, always welcome. I find that the further I go on, on the show, it me and Stewie talked about this. When I first watched my first interview with Alicia, and every word is, um, uh, I, um, and now I think when you get, when you grow a little bit more confidence, the, the ums are few and far between. Um, so please join us. Beautiful. Beautiful. You're already uh, smirking. Like, I know I'm talking too much, but don't <laughs> give me the evil smirk after everything I say, you two bastards. <laughs> hey, before the... Uh... <laughs> Hey, at least at least they, them other guests had heads on the uh, on the lockdown sessions. I was missing off my head on the lockdown session. I know we need to get you back on. <laughs> hey, the screen can only hold so much, Mad Dog. My, I know my head's big, but <laughs> you and I both got pretty big squashes on our domes here. So yeah, it's the new tag team. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, we're going to move on to the final segment of this podcast. And it is the WT quiz. With oh, a quiz. oh, revision. <laughs> There's a we twist. Can't do the quiz. <laughs> There's a twist. So this week's theme is going to be wrestling themes. So I've been doing a little bit of search. He's already ahead. You guys have talked. I already know this now. <laughs> So I've been searching for, well, I've come across something on Spotify by somebody called Night Instrumental. I feel like I'm going to have to give them a, 
a plug so we don't get any copyright strikes or anything there. So make sure you check out Night Instrumental on Spotify, iTunes, any music platform. They are fantastic. They are wonderful. Uh, make sure you uh, you check them out indeed. But in terms of these themes, they're done, they're done in a way that you might not be able to tell what they are. Like they're done with a specific instrument to make them sound different, kind of. Um, let, let's go for the first one just to see if you get it. And then if, if it doesn't work, we'll scrap it all together. <laughs> Do we need buzzers? You might, yeah, ra raise, if you, if you know what it is, raise your hand and I'll keep an eye on who raises it first. I've got a buzzer somewhere, where's it gone? <laughs> what kind of button is it, Mad Dog? I've got a little Austin Powers buzzing, you press it and it goes, Crikey, I've lost my mojo! <laughs> That's unbelievable. I put the gur in Swinger, baby! <laughs> what has happened here? What is happening? I don't know where it is. I'll find it for the next show. The next one. The next one. If, you, if you know it, raise your hand. I'll sort of see who raises it first. But let me know if let me know if you can hear this. Don't hear it. You know what it is. I, I recognize it, but can you can you replay it from the beginning? Yeah, I'll restart it. Oh, is this raise, raise your hand, you son of a gun? I've got it. I've got it raised. Oh, hang on. It is Stone Cold Steve Austin. It is. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin's theme. And that's the bottom line, because the cookie jar said so. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, do you see what I mean about the themes? They're a bit done differently, so you might not get them straight away. It's like Super Nintendo versions. Yeah, like, uh, like an Nintendo <laughs> version. And all thanks to Night Instrumental. Make sure you check them out on Spotify, iTunes, and all of that nonsense. Uh, so the next one is this one here. Not is it Ken Shamrock? It's not Ken Shamrock, I'm afraid. Oh, it sounds like Ken Shamrock. No, go on, Justin, you have a guess? Is it Super Mario? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. It was the Sandman. Enter Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> Check out uh, Night I Instrumental. Support them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it is. So it is. I saw Sandman at uh, Universal Opera. It was one of the best entrances I've ever seen. Did I send you that one, JC, for the uh, for the no, wrestling travel it, page? Inside I'll the send that over. That's a very good one. And uh, I saw Metallica at Leeds Festival in uh, about 2003. And uh, yeah, they, they played that. It didn't sound quite the same, but it was good still. Knights Instrumental. Check them out. Check them out. I like it. I like it. Go on, give us some more. You ready for the next one? Here we go. Uh, born ready. Oh, 
got to be. It's got to be Undertaker, hasn't it? Undertaker, correct. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Yep, the Undertaker for that one. Um, here's the next one. JC might know this one. Um, go on. I know. I'll call you. Yeah, I like uh, just enough that one. And it can, that's what me and Stu are going to have on in the car, you know. When we're doing the driving lessons, we're going to have that real American around the car park of his work. But make sure you get the Knights instrumental version. Check them out on Spotify and all platforms. Yep, definitely. Are you ready for the next we one? we got to get those guys on the lockdown session. You know what? I think I was um, I was looking at something of the rest the other day, actually. It was even today. Uh, didn't they do... Uh, I'm sure I've shared a tweet from them today, you know. Um, they did something for Chris Jericho's uh, 30th anniversary. I shared it before, earlier today. Seriously. I'm sure. I'll have to check on my Twitter in a minute. Yeah. No, we don't get <laughs> I'm sure. I definitely saw something by them today. I was, I was laughing at it. I thought it was great. Just look at my Twitter. That would check out my Twitter. Angus Mad Dog, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I've I'm sure I've saw something about them today. This is gonna be this is gonna be the best link up ever. Best plug best plug ever for Mad Dog Twitter. Only just born this year. It's incredible. Go on, what you found, JC. Oh. Ever wonder what Judas would sound like if we had it for our <laughs> NES era? Check it out. I, I don't think it's uh it's Mikey Ruckus. Oh, it's Ruckus. Oh, it's Ruckus. It's a similar thing, though. Yeah. Ruckus has wrote a few theme tunes recently. Well, we might as well just play it while we're here, huh? Might as well. It's all good, partner. Please also credit, credit to Mikey Ruckus. Check him out. Download his stuff along with Knight's Instrumental. Smashing it with the tunes today. We've gotten some good theme song mentions in there. I like it. You ready for tied one to one? Let's let's break this tie. I'm sure I've got two. <laughs> oh, oh, I know it. Yes, I know it. It's for the brute. Yeah, hey, I, I had my hand up. You <laughs> son of a We'll call it a tie. We'll call it a tie. <laughs> we'll call it what a tie. Hands up. No answers until the hands are up. You ready for the next? You just can't see my hand because it's not on the screen. <laughs> Where's my screen? There you go. Your freaking Ooh. head takes up the whole screen. Here. I should have got the. I should have got the Austin Powers thing out. Crikey! <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got a bit of the Manchester eyebrow going now that I see you close up. <laughs> okay, I'll get him painted on for you for the next one. <laughs> Uh, that, could, yeah. that could be my Halloween outfit. Swear, and we're all sober. People are watching this thinking that we're freaking a bunch of nutcases. <laughs> Knights Instrumental, everybody. Please check them out. Spotify, iTunes. Is it, is it spelled with an N or a KN? KN. I'm going to follow those guys on Twitter while we're talking here. Yep. Twitter. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, everywhere. I love it. Have we got any more, Dan, or is that it? We're done. We completed we've got, it. We've got a couple more. You ready for the next? One, yeah, yeah. I'm going to... 
Ultimate Warrior. It is. It is the Ultimate Warrior on Justin's hat, Beanie, as we speak. Beanie. Oh, my hand was up off screen, though. You didn't. Oh, that's, that's what. So you need the uh, need the Austin Powers thing. Where I put it? <laughs> Night's instrumental, folks. <laughs> the next one. This, I think, this when I listened to it before, I thought this might have been a tricky one. I'm not sure it's this one or the next one. Bret Hart. It's not Brett the Hitman Hart. I'll play it one more time. Joe Michaels, isn't it? Hey. Sorry, shouted it out. I did have my hand up. Somewhere, there you go. It's HBK, isn't it? It's it was, it was sexy boy. Michael's sexy boy. Matty yeah. Fro, my mate, would have got that. He's uh, got a Shawn Michaels tattoo, and anytime that song comes on when we're out or anything, he's got the full dance routine on the go. It's a, uh, it's a thing you need to check out on a on a night out or whatever. Yeah, How come I get the smirk every time I talk about wrestling, but every time Mad Dog go, he's got a story about, and we had to go in the snow, and my buddy was drunk, and blah blah blah. And then I you saw it. A, that's what wrestling's all about. If you've you've got to have a story. <laughs> Certainly do. The last one. Are you ready? Six two, is it? <laughs> yeah, you you smash it in completely. It is the last one. Just it. I'm not sure who it is, but is this by Knight's Instrumental? <laughs> <laughs> I know who it is. I was letting Justin have one. It's no, no, go, no chance in hell, in it, Vince McMahon? No, it is not. Oh, wait, oh I thought it was. There again. Let me Honestly, start. These are all unrecognizable to me. It is the next by Knight's Instrumental. Here we go. Any ideas? It's not Million Dollar Man, is it? Not the Million Dollar Man. I know the song is. What era? If you want a little clue, we discussed him right at the top of the podcast. Sing the song, I don't think what it is. Nice instrumental, nice instrumental. <laughs> Correct, <laughs> it's gonna annoy, annoy me so much when you tell me who that is because I, I know it, but I can't think what it is. Go on. 
Justin, any ideas before I reveal? Roman Reigns? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to think of who we talked. The, the top of the podcast was so long ago. <laughs> a few days ago, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. So it was The Rock. Of course it is. Uh -huh. If you smell. There we go. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Now you've told us it's easy. Nine <laughs> instrumental, Spotify, iTunes, all your music platforms, you'll find night instrumental for all those lovely um, wrestling themes. Mad Dog takes home the quiz this week. Oh, no, he doesn't. I win the beanie. We got one more question. <laughs> oh, it's going to be AWA or something here, isn't it, Mad Dog? Did you revise? No, you, you, you hit, need to ask the AWA question. Hit me with some Van Gagne. Hit me with some Van It's got to be... Justin, there, there isn't an AWA question this week. There's no... There's no AWA themes on here, unfortunately. Should I give him an AWA question? If he gets it right, he ties the quiz. Go on, Mad Dog. Go on. Okay. Who was the AWA champion in <laughs> 1975 after Nick Bockwinkle? Well, would it be Vern? I, hang on. No, that's, that's it. Let's give you a better one. Who was the AWA champion in 1984? Who then went on to a future career in WWF? Rick Martel. Yeah. <laughs> he ties it up, baby. <laughs> he had Jumbo Saruta, and he lost it to Stan the Lariat Hansen, who in turn lost the belt um, because he didn't show up. Nick Bockwinkle took over. May 2nd, 1987 at Super Clash 2. Controversial decision. As Kurt Hennig and it pinned <laughs> Nick Bockwinkle after the match, it appears that Larry Zabisco had handed Kurt a roll of dimes. Kurt Hennig, of course, holds the belt to the following May, where he, down in Memphis, um, he loses to Jerry the King. There's Lawler. only one person you could lose to in Memphis. <laughs> yeah, who, of course, goes on to unify How did the Mr. Saito <laughs> in the world-class titles December 13th, 1988 at Super Clash 3. Lawler then is stripped of the title for missing title defenses. Kayfabe, they never paid him. And the next champion is determined. 1989 in a battle royal at St. Paul, Minnesota, where the final two competitors in the battle royal were Mr. Tom Zank. Link to your question because the he's a partner with Rick Martell as the Can Am connection. He I'm loses. Him. He goes for a flying body press and goes over the rope. So your new AWA world champion is the living legend, Larry Zabisco, who then goes on to lose quietly to Mr. Saito, regains the title, and later on, the AWA exists no more. So did I answer your question correctly? Was it Rick Martell? you nailed it. You've got the whole title run. I wrote that down actually on my notes. The uh, that title belt <laughs> progression. So I like that you <laughs> remembered that. Very good. I'm impressed. I got what problems. I can't even remember my phone number. Well, that's, bit, that's not as important. That is not as important. The phone number. 
Do you smell what Clapper's been cooking? Just, just for curiosity, I don't know how easy it is for you to look up, but do they have a demolition version on there? I can take a look for you. If not, Meanwhile, we'll see while, the demolition. While Danny's looking that up, I wanted to bring up one more topic. Yesterday on Twitter it was announced the Florida governor announced that they could go back to business as usual. So the Miami Dolphins can host 65,000-plus in their stadium as of right now. Interesting to note that all the Florida NFL teams are on the road this weekend. But what are your thoughts, Mad Dog? I mean, we don't have yeah. a vaccine or anything. No, I know that it's, it's a bit of a surprise, that, to be honest. But, um, you know, with how things are over here, we're back in Liverpool, Merseyside area where I live. Um, we're back on lockdown at the moment. So they're saying now that they're um, possibly going to be closing the pubs and restaurants. So it's back to that sort of level again where they're just um, – trying to keep everyone as safe as possible. Um, so to me, it seems, uh, you know, if, you know, it might be something to do with the temperature difference or, you know, the spread of the pandemic might not be as bad where, where them guys are in Florida. So, um, you know, just best to look to them and stay safe. If you go into them shows, wear your mask and uh, make sure you're sanitizing your hands and keeping social distance as much as you can, I suppose. If there's going to be however many thousand people there, it's going to be tough, but... Best of luck to everyone and, you know, stay safe. It's just curious to me that two of the biggest, at least on television right now, WWE and AEW, are based in Florida. So, I mean, do we see them jumping the gun and bringing in a ton of fans? It'll be interesting. Your thoughts, Danny? Yeah, I was quite surprised reading that yesterday that they were going, um, you know, full capacity from uh, immediate effects. I feel like it's a bit... Uh, a bit too soon, if you know what I mean. Uh, you know, it, it, at least build that up gradually, not go straight into the full, the full hog of having thousands and thousands of people attending, uh, attending. But um, not quite sure what the governor's up to there. But uh, I've heard that obviously he's not uh, handled it very well from the uh, the get go. So hopefully nothing. Uh, I hope he's not watching, by the way. Uh, hopefully no. uh, nothing uh, bad comes of it, so we have to lock Florida down again and things like Right, I hope it happens. You know, I don't know everything, gradual or not. I hope that when it happens, we can sustain it. Um, I'm waiting on a, a call. Um, wrestling travel founder, Lee McAteer, uh, supposedly on a conference call with uh, Tampa Mayor Jane Castor happening soon, so I'm I'm hoping to hear what happens with that conversation. Is that true? I I read it. Spoiler. In a Scottish newspaper. So uh, I know who wrote the article, so I believe it. Right. Okay. I don't believe it now. So, uh, Danny, did, did you find, more importantly, did you find Demolition's theme tune on, on Night's Music? I didn't find Demolition, but I found Cactus Jack, if you want to listen to that one. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Here's Night. what I want. Night instrumental but here's what i want for a show in the future 
when you guys both have some spare time, I want just audio clips of Mad Dog doing the themes, and then that's the next quiz. Guess the quiz. We already got Mick Foley. What one can you do off the top of your head, Mad Dog? Besides oh, Mick Foley, loads of them. Cool. I can sing Demolition for you if you want. Oh please. <laughs> I'm not doing it live. We need some sort of music backing and stuff, you know. Well, Here comes the axe. Here comes the smasher. The demolition. Walking disaster. <laughs> Pain and destruction night? is all that it needs. What's this? The night media. <laughs> Not instrumental. Wait, I, I, gotta, I gotta find this. You can I just find me now. This has been bugging me the entire time, and I finally figured out why. <laughs> Demolition yeah. to the nicest guys I've ever met, especially Barry. Barry Darso was a great guy to chat to. Very Did nice I ever guy. tell you about the time where I thought Barry Darso was going to kill me? What? <laughs> why? We are at a show. I was just a fan, and they were doing autograph signings, and my smile was from ear to ear. Because it was Honky, Greg Valentine, Jimmy Hart, a Powers of Pain, everybody. So uh, Bill and Barry are signing autographs. So you go through and get them signed. And then I'm like, oh, they're just sitting there. And they're wearing the, the property of demolition uh, shirts. So I go up and I go, hey, uh, guys, you know, where can I, you know, Barry Darso, a fellow Eddie Sharkey guy. I go, oh. Can I? Do you have those shirts for sale? The property of, and it says Axe and Smash Demolition, and they're just staring at me, like looking through me. And I go, "Are they like available online or anything?" Or I suppose you have to be in Demolition to get one. I'm trying to. And he goes, "Yeah, you do." <laughs> and he no sells it with a smile. And I'm like, "You guys have a really nice day." And I was there with my buddy, who's an army guy, and I'm like, "I think Demolition wanted the freaking." Take a freaking poke at me there. But I finally figured out what's been bothering me the entire podcast. Um, Danny. That's a thing. Yeah. I was cool. trying to figure out where do I recognize Mad Dog's new look from? And this <laughs> isn't the best picture. But yeah. I finally figured out. <laughs> you got a bit of sun. Oh, little spot. maggots. <laughs> <laughs> That's Sergeant Mad Dog to you, Clapper. That's it. <laughs> I can see it now. I can see it. <laughs> can't you? Former AWA Americas champion, Sergeant Slaughter. G.I. Danny. <laughs> the maggot Justin Clapper. And Sergeant Mad Dog. <laughs> I swear to God, if they have a costume contest, you got to do the, you got to just do the stash and get some camo, dude. I'm telling you. <laughs> Last year, I went to watch, uh, went to watch the Royal Rumble, and I'd unwittingly put like a maroon jumper shirt top on, and I had my hair tied up right on the top, and I just shaved my beard differently. And uh, somebody, there was a cosplay competition going on. Someone's like, that Bray Wyatt's got to win that cosplay competition. And I was just in my normal clothes. And someone's like, you look just like Bray Wyatt. Well done. I was just like, right. 
But yeah, oh I've got some camo ready for the Sergeant Slaughter impersonation for you next time. Might save that for when we're in the States, eh? Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll teach you how to put on the Cobra Clutch, too. <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> Sorry, that you know that's been bothering me all time, and it threw me off the quiz. Night <laughs> instrumental, follow that. Spotify, iTunes, all the rest of them. But uh, it has been one heck of a podcast, as always. A wrestling travel podcast, episode fourteen. Want to thank, of course, Justin for joining us, and of course, Mad Dog. Mike Angus, and where, Mad Dog, can we find you online to keep up to date with your uh, your latest shows and obviously your personal views? <laughs> yeah, obviously the yeah, the Twitter, Angus Mad Dog's probably the best one to catch me on. And then uh, Mike Mad Dog Angus over on Facebook. And uh, make sure you check out the Instagram as well. Loads of great pictures on there as well. I think uh, there's some pictures. I'm sure there's pictures of... Uh, the wrestling travel gang. I'll have to get some of them on there for you, Danny. Yeah, and uh, no. I'll definitely put my, uh, I'll put the Sergeant Slaughter picture up for Justin this week. As well. <laughs> what I'm shaking my head is, uh, what's your Twitter handle? Angus Mad Dog. Follow me on Twitter, and that's an order. And that's, that's an order, you maggots. <laughs> <laughs> you just want me cutting promos online. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I do. As long as you're not standing to attention, Clapper. <laughs> do we have any viewers left? <laughs> We've got loads. Justin, any final words from you, my friend? Yes, please catch the collective this weekend on Fight TV. Please check out our friends at Powered 4 TV, just doing their soft launch, but they're doing a lot of really good things. Please check out the lockdown sessions um, on our YouTube channel. Give us a follow, a like, a subscribe, a thumbs up. Um, like I said, check out that Al Snow. Uh, I'm at Clapper77 on Twitter, and you should <laughs> follow me because why, Sergeant Mad Dog? Because Clapper said so. <laughs> Amazing. That's uh, all I got. Just one thing. What about nights? Uh, whilst I'm here, we did have some comments as we were going through this podcast here. Oh, no. Um, yes. Uh, so we've got Canny Singh. I don't think anyone can sell the stunner like The Rock. I think we can agree nice. with that one. Uh, James McCrossan says he tweeted the big show and Chris Jericho last night. Big Show liked his tweet and Jericho retweeted his comment. Obviously, that's awesome. Linking back to when we were discussing about uh, great, great to have some interaction. I think it's good. The interaction. We've got a comment here. Rumors are Orton versus Edge at WrestleMania for the title. Interesting. Yeah, I'd heard that. I'd heard people say that he might be back from that triceps for Royal Rumble. So that'd be great. But uh, we've also got. John Scott, epic, big up all. Um, yeah, oh, John, what a legend. Um, he's giving a, a shout out there, but uh, nothing else in the comments there in terms of uh, any uh, any of the night instrumental. Nothing from night instrumental? <laughs> nah, nothing from uh, 
Nothing from them. You'll be hearing from them, their lawyer. Their lawyer, so we'll be hearing from We're all laughing now. Until yeah. next week. Till next week, we're all in jail. <laughs> <laughs> we're off the air. But yeah, make sure you check out Night Instrumentals, Spotify, iTunes, some wicked wrestling themes there that they've uh, certainly done. And of course, we appreciate um, if they weren't uh, obviously allowing us to, to put this on the podcast, we will uh, edit them. Ruckus. We use Ruckus <laughs> on your view. Ruckus, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's been fantastic as always, guys. And we'll be back next week. I think we'll do the same again. Facebook Live, episode 15. We hope everyone has a great weekend. Stay safe. And of course, as Justin mentioned, enjoys the collective. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week. See you soon, everyone. Thanks. Bye, Sarge. Bye, Danny.